Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. It's MJ from the Coaches Panel. We're at the number 21 player of my 50 most relevant. A new or a regained forward eligibility. Ruck forward Rowan Marshall. He is who we're talking about today. Joining me on this episode, I've got Benny Gogos. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. Looking uh, very excited to uh, speaking about this this young man. He's an absolute uh, footy goliath. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah, I'm really fascinated to see about what he develops into, not just for this year, but over the coming few seasons. Last year, uh, even with that ruck-sharing role with Patrick Ryder, still some good scores in there. An average of 99... Uh, sorry, a top score of 99 in AFL Fantasy last year. That was against Carlton. While it was a 160 in Supercoach. Some nice big ceiling through there. That's not even his best ever Supercoach score. You've got to go back the year prior and add one more point. It was against the Tigers in 2019. While that same year, his best ever AFL fantasy score. It's not as high as you think. Just a 126 against Port Adelaide. Across his averages last year, it was a 77.2 in Dream Team. The gang at AFL Fantasy, their adjusted average for him because of the 1.25 multiplication to try to get it as close to real games as possible. It was a 96.25 while a 103.7 in Supercoach. In that format, he's going to sit you back just under 500 60k. It's just over 713,000. Just over that marker in DT, while AFL Fantasy just under 740,000. And it was an interesting start to the year for the Saints, wasn't it, Ben? Look, ultimately, the year ended nicely with a finals appearance, the first time in many, many years. But with so many new players coming into that squad, it's not surprising that not only Marshall, but for so many other Saints, it took them a little bit of a while to find their feet. Absolutely, Matt. Um, the first few weeks, he was he was uh, learning, I guess, how to how to graft his game alongside Paddy Riders, mm. um, and that was a that was something that I th- I think probably you can see in the scoring. It was wasn't until his fourth week where he where he had his first SC ton, where he had his first eighty plus stream team score, and he he really took to it after that, especially. Uh, from rounds eight onwards, he he was almost uh, scoring eighty plus each week in Dream Team, and he was going beyond the hundred mark quite often. Super coach, so you're looking at a guy that you know just took a little bit of time to to work his way in with Paddy, but boy, once he got going, uh, he did not stop at all. So yeah, it's a really exciting uh, proposition entering his his sort of fifth year of uh, AFL footy. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see if he can take that next leap up. Well, that's the big thing, isn't it? The back half of what we saw, or even maybe back two-thirds of what we saw of last year, was reminiscent of what he delivered for us in 2019. That year, he averaged 99 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 12 tons, four of them over 120, nice conversion rate, and just the three scores under 80 all year. So, yeah, he doesn't have a crazy ceiling, but he's not burning you. Similarly in Supercoach, even better. An average of 110 that year. Again, Sol Ruck, he played through that year. 14 tons, 6 over 122, scores under 80 all year. And while nobody would wish or hope for an injury to anybody, all it would take is an injury to a Patrick Ryder. And these scores that we saw in 2019, coupled with the growth and development, probably more in his forward craft in 2020 more than anything else, should see him, and with a lack of some top-tier forwards, he should be there and thereabouts amongst that top group of forwards for us in 2021. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. He he really did uh, manage to actually have an effect in the forward line. Yeah. Um, which it, generally, you know, Ruckman can struggle with that transition quite a bit, but he, he doubled his goal output from 2019 to 2020 um, on a per-game basis. And his, his hit-outs dropped dramatically, uh, tackling dropped dramatically. So you can really see that he actually was able to um, source his points from a different part of the field. Now, like you've just mentioned, if Paddy Wright goes down, I would be very, very tempted to say that he, he would be one of the first picked in my team. Mm. Um, I, can, I, I just look at his numbers and you know we go, we go back to that 2019 season where he's averaged nearly 100 in Dream Team and 110 in Supercoach. Um, he almost back, backed it up in reduced game time in 2020. Yeah, uh, you, You've kind of got the feeling that there's another step for him to take. Um, he's never been someone that's been hugely reliant on his hit-outs either, which is a, a very uh, fascinating part of his game. Now, in, in 2019, he averaged nearly 18 touches, which is an elite for, elite yeah. for a Rockland. Um, if he, he, he could almost be reminiscent of potentially like a a younger sort of a Dean Cox type version, someone who's going to be that that extra midfielder for the club, maybe averaging around the 18 to 20 touches. But if he can progress at all in hitouts, which typically does occur a little bit more in the second half of a Ruckman's career, mm. and maybe bump that number up to 30 or 35, then you're seeing that extra maybe seven or 10 points, which gets him from that, you know, that around that 100 marker to potentially the 110 in Dream Team, and who knows what the possibilities are in Supercoach. Yeah, and look, one of the great things he's got going for him that many other forwards don't have available for Supercoach is that hit-out to advantage that's going to be a huge scoring thing. I don't think we're going to see the heavy weightiness that we saw a lot of rucks score really strongly last year for us, maybe more than ever before. That's one of the certain factors that he delivered an average last year over a ton yet again. So... But I think you can balance that out with longer quarters, less rotations, more likely, I believe, that that rotational split between him, Ruck, and forward should rather be fit and healthy. I think it starts to lean a little bit more towards Marshall uh, across the game. Yes, Ryder was really influential deep into their finals opportunities. But for me, Patrick Ryder came for one simple reason. I think there's two, but one big one. The main one is to protect Max King. For me, that was the big one. He was coming off an ACL. The club invested a high pick into him. They know they're going to build him for a really long time in their career. The addition of Ryder to that team was all about protecting Max King to get fully fit and healthy, trust in his body so that in time, he's also able to play that relief ruck role and not have to play that. So I think that's one. And then I think the the second to go with that, um, additionally linked, was just around, well, we needed another tool with the departure of Josh Bruce that would play that thing. So I think that's where it is. But you mentioned that great point, Ben. He hits all those key scoring markers we need to see from a player that, yes, he's forward eligible, but he's really a ruckman, is he, hit, he impacts the game through hitouts, he impacts the game around the ground, and then when he's not playing in the ruck, he's genuinely a threat inside forward 50. Yeah, he ticks a heap of boxes. Um, he really, really does. Now, that the comparisons, uh, we can probably get a little bit wild with or enthusiastic with the comparisons, but that's 17 touches per game in 2019. That mm. in, in a third season of football, that it, that is incredible stuff. Um, and I, I just look at that that figure and I'm thinking to myself, we're looking at a 20 plus possession Ruckman when he's hitting his peak. Yeah. Uh, 
he clearly is hitting his peak typically faster than the average ruckman out there. And yeah, I I would be slightly amused if at the end of his career he hasn't had a dream team season of 110. Yeah. Now when when that occurs is is the million dollar question, obviously. But if Paddy went down, I like I've sort of mentioned to you, I'd be very very excited. I can see like you just mentioned, I can see Paddy having a reduced role in 2021 as well. Um, so it'll be very interesting, MJ, to look at the team sheets come round one of the, of the season as well. Um, but he he would be a fine pick. He would be a uh, fantastic and exciting pick, even with Paddy in the lineup. Um, you just got that added boost of if something happens to Paddy and he and Rowan's able to get a little bit more rock time. The, the scoring, I think, is ready to go off the charts. Yeah, I, I really like Rowan Marshall. I, I think a lot of people are discounting him, maybe even at their peril of going, oh, but Ryder's still there. But remember, what did he score? He still averaged a ton in Supercoach last year. And adjusted averages are dangerous to imply that they would have reached a certain score. But still to get 77.2 off those shortened quarters means he's not going anywhere lower than that. Remember... Increased midfield time with him in the ruck due to those longer quarters. Decrease in rotations coming through the ground. He impacts everywhere. There's all these big ticks. And I think there's three important things that matter for Rowan Marshall because he does have ruck forward eligibility. The first thing of why there's an extra benefit to picking him is he gives you a chance to take a look at maybe a speculative or a mid-range pick in your ruck line that maybe you're not bullish on or super confident. So let's pick a Braden Proust. You pick Marshall inside the forward line and you put yourself a ruck forward option in at R3. All of a sudden... You've got a four to five week stretch where you go, okay, Braden, I need to see this from you and you need to average 90. Uh, I know you've got a couple of difficult matchups early against Melbourne and Collingwood. If it pops, great, cool. I've got insurance. If it doesn't, I can get rid of you and go and get that forward or use multiple DPP moves to get that breakout candidate. So that's one of the things I like. The other is it does help give coverage for ruck injuries and late outs. It's the one line where we're at our thinnest, both in terms of coverage, but also in terms of genuine options without having to trade. So he's going to save you potentially a trade during the year should either your stepping stone or premium rucks come through there. So I think that's hugely two of the big reasons that coaches are going to look at him. What probably makes it a little bit harder to have confidence in that is in round 14, He's also got that same multi-buy around that Kane and I have talked about a lot, where the big rucks of Gaunt, Grundy, and O'Brien, they're already going to miss. He's a part of that group. Some of our best defenders in Laird and Lloyd come through that line, throw in crisp. You look through that forward line. We're already missing a bunch through there as well. It does get to become a bit of a difficult round for us to navigate, doesn't it, Ben? Yeah, you can say that, MJ. Round 14 is going to be very rocky. It probably probably is the most rocky of the buy rounds. And yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that we've got to be planning from planning for from the off. Um, having said that, I, I really, really like the flexibility of mm. having a ruck forward that potentially can save you trades through the season. And of course, you know, round 14 is still, you know, we're playing 13, 14 weeks up until reaching that time trades might occur max score might get injured something might happen um the capacity to be able to 
avoid playing uh, the short-term injury trade game is of benefit with yeah. Ro- with Rowan in a R four position, in a in a forward position. I I would be tempted to to obviously look at where the buy rounds fit um, from the start, but keep in mind as well just how quickly the game can change, and that necessarily maybe going in with one or two extra at the start if you believe that they're the best selection. Obviously. I would be okay with that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those ones where it's it's definitely going to be different from coach to coach, yeah. Um, and, and how important that they see those buy rounds early, because because like we've like you know uh, you and I have have gone through this a hundred times <laughs> in previous seasons. You might have made twenty plus trades up until that point. Yeah, uh, a few of the round fourteen guys. So whilst you know I would absolutely be planning for them from day one. I would be okay with the idea of being a little bit stuck there, thinking that things will change. And if they don't, well, then you've had a blessed run anyway, and you should be in a really good position to to combat that round 14. Yeah, no, it's an interesting perspective. Look, for me, I think he's relevant across all formats, regardless of rider. I think he's right around that mark as a top 10 forward for us across the year. And that DPP, that just adds another reason to pick him. Uh, if injury happens, wow, he'll need to rocket up your trade target and your starting squad line um, considerably because that 2019 season as the sole big man was elite for us. Let's talk about where he goes in drafts. I think he's not in the top three or four rucks, but he's probably in that next group of ruckmen that's going to be taken. So I think it's, you know, Grundy, Gorn, O'Brien are probably a top three in Supercoach. You could probably include Nick Natanui into that mix as that next upper tier. And then he starts to fit into that as well. Where do you pick him in a draft? Do you choose, all right, I'm going to value him as that ruck line. I'm going to value him in that forward tier. How do we best adjust or choose to pick him, Ben, in our drafts? Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating one. Um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes quite early, mm. if it, especially if there's a ruck run. Um, obviously, you have the top three, especially for the, the dream team or the, tradi- the traditional ultimate footy scoring system. But he's someone that uh, uh, someone who's really excited about his scoring prospects could possibly see him battling it out with those guys you previously mentioned. Mm. Um, so I I could see him going as early as the fourth round, yeah, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, um, given depending on the bullishness of the coach. Uh, I'd be totally fine selecting him as my number one forward. Mm. Um, I would be, I would be obviously completely fine selecting him as my first ruck. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely, I would have them ranked uh, similarly to the way you've you've sort of uh, laid them out. Then MJ. So, yeah, it would be probably that that top three, top four, depending on the the scoring system that you're playing. But if you take him as your first ruck, you've got an absolute sensational ruck that, in a perfect world, becomes he probably breaks into that top three as well. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of upside with him. And, and for me, he would he would probably be about the first cab off the ranks out of that next uh, that next group. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. And what he does also enable you to do is maybe take a late flyer pick on a less popular ruck one in terms of a guy that's sole ruck. So maybe it's a Sam Draper or an Oscar McInerney. You go, okay, look, I know I've got this 85 at worst, 100 probably at peak, you know, sort of forward ruck. Maybe you can take that speculative pick late in your draft. You get an 85 out of a Draper um, across the formats. All of a sudden, 
you kick off your worst performing forward and you can move Marshall there. So that DPP does give you options and versatility in all formats of the game, but certainly in drafts is really, really important. Um, Mate, appreciate your thoughts today as we've talked about Rowan Marshall. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure as always. If you want to go and check out the rest of the article on Marshall or any of the other players revealed so far in the 50 most relevant, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. We're heading to the top 20. Who have I got at the number 20 position? I'll tell you tomorrow.